Hey, everybody, welcome to the Daily Objective. And we're going to be talking about the Libertarian Party or the various Libertarian parties around the United States. Now, to some passersby, this might seem like a little bit of infighting among free market people or in the middle of the so-called liberty movement. Is that what this is? We'll find out. Please welcome a guy who, I mean, what? who is this guy? He's from Greece. He's worked in England. Why did, why? We don't go over there and talk to them about their political parties. What's he doing over here talk, lecturing us? Because he knows what he's talking about is why. It's Nikos Sotirakopoulos. Hi, Raka. Hi, everyone. So let's jump into the topic. So why was the Libertarian Party uh, in the trending on Twitter and all that stuff lately? Because there were two tweets by the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, which is a branch of the Libertarian Party which are the following one. The first sold Meghan McCain, the daughter of the former uh, uh, well-known uh, neocon uh, John McCain. So it's a very uncomfortable photo. Meghan McCain is crying over the, the dead coffin. Uh, the, the coffin, coffin of John McCain. And the caption is happy holidays. So you get it. The idea was that a warmonger died and this is uh, something that we should be happy about. And on the 25th of August, same day, uh, when the discussion was about the minimum wage, that they tweeted $6 million minimum wage or your anti-Semitic. Now, if you didn't get the quote joke, six million people, uh, this is the, uh, many people say that uh, uh, this is anti-Semitic because it kind of jokes with the idea that six million people died, whereas not really six million people died would say a Holocaust uh, denier or however you want to call it. So this is somehow a joke or I don't get it, but the spirit is that we're going to create here some uh, we're going to create here some noise and we're going to be the bad boys now even people within the libertarian party said that this is of bad taste but usually it came accompanied with a but this is of bad taste but it's even worse to be a war criminal or a warmonger like mccain or if you spend too much time pointing the finger to the Libertarian Party, you are with the regime and you are part with the problem. So I have two explanations for why the Libertarian Party is uh, doing this. Of course, we need to mention that recently the party was taken over by the so-called, sorry, was taken over by the Mises Kakus. And think about it this way. The Libertarian Party used to be closer to what we'd consider left libertarianism or what they call thick libertarianism, whereas now it's people who say, no, to be a libertarian, you have to give up on the whole agenda because on the whole woke agenda, because this is the agenda of the regime. And uh, you have to be also anti-regime, which means anti the US government and project that it's involved, like the vaccines, like the culture wars, like uh, military interventions abroad. So, Raga, what's your first thoughts? And then I'll tell you my first thoughts. Well, I've got a question. What is the Mises Caucus? And what do you mean they took over? Because I've heard okay, this, but I don't important. know what it means. That's very mm -hmm. important. So the Mises Caucus are people who are 
close to figures from the Mises Institute, close to uh, the comedian uh, Dave Smith, and they're mostly people who are close to what we call paleo-libertarians. So they're very big supporters of Ron Paul. You'll see them often retweeting Lou Rockwell, and you will see them having the same agenda as paleo-libertarians. What is the agenda of paleo-libertarians? That the number one enemy and the number one uh, so the number one enemy of freedom is foreign intervention, is the so-called uh, warfare state, not the welfare state, the warfare state. And they also believe that uh, freedom is compatible with um, more conservative views on uh, life. Some people say they are quite tolerant to uh, to people with bad views when it comes to the South. Uh, they've been accused of, quote, neo-confederates. They have their defense on the neo-confederate side. But we could do a whole discussion about paleoconservatives. So what counts for this, for this uh, episode is that this wing, let's say, of the libertarian movement, in the recent convention of the libertarian party, they took over all the key positions. And one of the most important positions that they took over is the one of uh, the, how it's called, the, the, what would be in the Communist Party, the general secretary. So the, that's not the title in the Libertarian Party, but the, the this position went to Angela McArdle, who is close to these people that I have, uh, that I have discussed. So they took over the convention and also the social media of the Libertarian Party. And they do what we call quite often sit posting. They post uh, memes. Some of them are very edgy. Some are very of bad, of really, really bad taste, in my view, like the one with uh, Meghan McCain. Some are even worse. So, for example, a lot of uh, tweets uh, being uh, very, very mocking when it comes to, our, to the United States support for Ukraine, the usual stuff that, okay, you support Ukraine, but what about Palestine? What about other, uh, you talk about Russian imperialism, what about the Israeli imperialism? And all that stuff, which we will discuss. But is it clear what it yeah. means that they've taken over the party? I think uh, sorry, so. And also, and the mm -hmm. usual reply to people who say, what's this? What is happening to the Libertarian Party? They say, oh, you didn't get the memo? Now this is a party that really stands for liberty. Therefore, forget what you knew about uh, Gary Johnson and all these losers that uh, host, were hosted in the Libertarian Party. Yeah, so, I mean, the you can tell uh, how people view the United States and how much respect they have in, in certain uh, arenas. So, like, when it comes to, like, the January 6th, whether you call it in, an insurrection or not, the way people's attitude towards it I think reflects how they look at the United States itself. So if, if you see the United States as a remarkable achievement in history that, you know, if we lose this, like good luck getting this back anytime soon, you know, uh, uh, a system with checks and balances that is designed to uh, with as little error as possible, protect the rights of the individual. Of course, January 6th was a horrific scene of just disrespect, if nothing else, just people completely making a disgrace and, uh, Van, uh, vandalizing the, you know, the capital. However, if you're an anarchist or if you're kind of a libertarian with anarchist sort of premises, anarchist uh, tendencies, then of course, to you, January 6th was hilarious and just a lot of fun. And, 
you know, and so what if uh, they end up burning down the whole Capitol? Hey, so what? All they were doing in that building was, you know, was uh, passing bad laws anyway, you know, burn the whole system. It can't possibly get any worse than this, they think. Um, so it's definitely on just the issue of, oh, they're only joking. I mean, at a certain point, if you're using a, a political party to post jokes where it's not clear to everyone if you're joking or not, I think you're it's it's look, pick one. Do you want to be a comedian? Or like, do you want to be a satirist or do you want to um, actually be involved in politics? When when it's not clear to people, when you're joking, when you're being serious, you're it, it just comes it becomes clear your 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 goal is chaos. Your goal is to, to just disrupt with no positive end vision that anyone can discern. As far as the content of those tweets, if somebody sees, you know, the United States foreign policy, you know, or going to war as akin to, you know, Hitler invading Poland, I would say they've made some serious mistakes to get to that conclusion. But once they have that opinion, then, yeah, mock John McCain and his family, because if John McCain is Hitler, then, um, you know, then I'm not, you know, my, my jaw doesn't drop that they would say that. I Again, I think they've made some serious mistakes to get to that conclusion to compare the United States to, you know, uh, an imperialist um, you know, dictatorship, etc. But when it comes to the uh, $6 million minimum wage or you're anti-Semitic, like that there, I mean, there's dog whistling and then there's this, like, this is just unbelievably, um, like shocking. I mean, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm not easily shocked, but like when you told me about that tweet, I had to Google it just to see it with my own eyes. Again, to have a political party with prom when any level of prominence, uh, tweet out something like that, yeah, they might say, oh, we were joking around. It's just a couple of guys with access to this Twitter account that we thought this would be a clever way to say something. It's I mean, it's a very creepy way to kind of allude to the fact that a lot of like uh, socialists or progressives are, uh, you know, of Jewish heritage or something or that there's this weird they they're promoting this view that like the socialists and the Jews are in on something. I mean, is or and of course, like you mentioned, like they're sort of um, kind of tongue in cheek saying like you need to embrace six million like you need to embrace the number six million or or you're doing something wrong. very creepy very weird i would want nothing to do with whoever tweeted that and i would want nothing to do with a party that could that would tweet that out um these people are not fighting for liberty uh they they seem primarily motivated by what they hate and what they hate is not even something i would agree with all of the time they're very creepy. Uh, like you said, they, they, they tend to be more comfortable with the Confederacy, more comfortable with actual dictators around the world than you would assume. Uh, it, it's it, it, just the fact that anarchists, anarchists tend to apologize for the Confederacy is it, it tells you everything you need to know. The people who say, you know, give me liberty, right? No government, any government is too much government, that they would take the side of the pro-slavery government in, in the 19th century tells you all you need to know. So let's try to find more evidence in these accusations uh, that we're throwing. So my overall point is that everything wrong with the Libertarian Party comes with their moral subjectivism. What does the moral subjectivism mean? It means that I believe that the Libertarian would say, I believe that Libertarianism is only about politics. We all agree here on the non-aggression principle. Beyond politics, anything goes. So we all agree supposedly, that you shouldn't initiate force. And this is a big umbrella that beyond that, anything goes. But notice that without a proper moral understanding of what freedom is and why you need it, 
you are going to end up in these blunders, and actually blunder is, 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 a, is quite sympathetic way to put it, that the Libertarian Party is falling. Listen this as an example of moral, uh, of moral subjectivity. So someone mentioned to Angela McArdle, and again, I want to give you her exact title because it's not general secretary. She's the chair of the Libertarian National Committee. So someone points to her that, hey, what is this? Uh, aren't you, isn't this a horrible tweet? The one about uh, McCain. And here's her answer. Actually, I'd like to see how the residents of New Hampshire view it before deciding if it is or isn't good. New Hampshire is wild. They're very different from the rest of the country. Now, remember, this was a tweet by the New Hampshire part branch of the Libertarian Party. So her answer is, well, I cannot judge. I mean, if the people in New Hampshire like it, then it's okay. If they don't like it, then it's not okay. And you could say this is one example. Listen to these other tweets by people affiliated with the party or retweeted by the main party account. Quote, this is about foreign policy. And notice again, the broken moral compass, which is this result of this moral subjectivism that we don't judge, that everyone is the same. Quote, we have the, we have the same non-intervention stance on Taiwan as we do with Ukraine. It's none of our business what country they are or are not a part of. And not one dollar of taxpayer money should fund, nor one American soldier should fight for either country. Now, we could agree that American soldiers should not go and fight there. But notice, I don't care whether Taiwan is occupied by China. I don't care whether a free country is occupied by a dictatorial empire. I couldn't care less. Here another tweet. The U.S. Treasury doesn't exist to subsidize the military of foreign nations. This includes Israel, Ukraine, and Saudi Arabia. So Israel and Ukraine and Saudi Arabia in the same category? Like, okay, you could say, I don't want my money to go there, but you put them in the same category. Even worse, listen to this. Uh, where is it? Oh, yeah. So what we do, they say, is that we prop Taiwan and Ukraine to stand for themselves, and then, and the, which we, they would otherwise not, and do things that they would otherwise not do. So basically, the only reason Ukrainians are fighting for freedom is because we give them money. And then they give this tweet, uh, sorry, this quote, peace, commerce, and honest friendship with all nations, entangling alliances with none. This is supposedly a founding father quote. Notice, honest friendship with all nations and tangle alliances with none. So all nations, again, are the same. Whether you, you should be friends with Russia, you should be friends with Saudi Arabia, you should be friends with Iran. And actually, they, uh, if you saw the, or if you, if you check their tweets, there's a tweet the other day from their own poll stream, their own poll, I think, report it's called, where... Uh, the discussion is why we should go back to the to discussions with Iran because this is for peace. If you if you love peace and supposedly libertarians love peace, you should go and sit on the table with uh, the revolutionary guards and the supreme leader and talk it out and figure out your differences. So these people are very triggered by the fact that the United States supports Ukraine, but these are the very same people that don't that can't wait to go back to table with Iran. So here's my point. I would understand someone saying, 
I cannot stand McCain. He has blood in his hands, horrible foreign policy. But I'd expect that that person would be way more angry with Saddam Hussein, with Iran, with Russia, with China. Korea. Yet they're not. So this is why I think the anti-American accusation that was dropped by Rand and by many objectivists, initially, I was very skeptical to it. I thought, well, you know, we can be friends. These are good people. After all, they want freedom. I was mistaken. And uh, I was deeply mistaken about, uh, particularly about the so-called paleo-libertarians and anarcho-capitalists. And... Uh, their bad views is not, turns out it's not a feature. Sorry, it's not a bug, it's a feature. Yeah, and you notice we, we uh, you know, as objectivists or as students of objectivism, people who agree with Ayn Rand's philosophy and, and her politics especially, we, um, we get especially annoyed at the libertarians because people mistake them for us because they kind of look like us to the untrained eye. And um, that's, I think that the reason for the libertarians' antipathy towards successful governments like the U.S., like Israel, like Ukraine, I suppose. I mean, I know these are all corrupt to varying degrees, corrupt democracies, corrupt parliamentary democracies or whatever. But in, in, the, in the global stage, of course, the U.S. and Israel and England are and others, similar Western countries are remarkably successful. And in the context of history, remarkably successful at maintaining li the liberty of individuals, maintaining the free way of life. And that annoys libertarians especially. So they tend to be more uh, friendly with dictatorships. They are they like Putin more than they like Ukraine. They like they like seeing Donald Trump go and shake hands with North Koreans, North Korea's dictator. You would think these, you know, freedom loving people would they would say, how can you be standing next to Kim Jong Un and not beat him up? You would think they might say. But um, no, they say, oh, once a once a dictator has power, be nice to him, shake his hand. You know, we want peace. We, we, we love peace. But they're ha perfectly happy disrupting uh, people's lives here in America. They're perfectly happy seeing Americans uh, harmed if because it brings about chaos, which could lead to the anarchy that they so desire. Um, so it's like they, they especially hate um, free countries, relatively free countries, because it looks like freedom, right? And like that annoys them. They go, no, 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 freedom is anarchy. We can't have this thing that looks like freedom. People, they think we're us. And that's kind of like how maybe you and I look at libertarians, like, oh, they look like us. Like, make, let's be very clear that we don't like them. Uh, I, I kind of noticed a little bit of a little bit of a parallel there, but of course, two very different um, philosophies at play. Right. And you mentioned, uh, you mentioned foreign policy. So you mentioned Russia. So someone will say, come on, do you really mean that the libertarians say that Russia is lesser of two evils compared to the USA? That's impossible. Okay, I want you to sit down, dear viewer, because I'm gonna, you're going to be really shocked. Again, I'm not easily shocked, but I was shocked. So here is for a new liberty by Mary Rothbard. Again, I was so much into paleo-libertarianism, I have everything probably that Rothbard has said. And although it's free on the Mises website, I'd also bought them. So we go to page 355. And I'll also show it to you after I read it because you won't believe that this is actually what he says. Quote by Rothbard. So again, which could be a foreign policy that a peace person would look up to? Drum roll, Soviet Union. Here's why. 
Lenin and his fellow Bolsheviks adopted the theory of, quote, peaceful coexistence as the basic foreign policy for a communist state. The Soviet state, qua state, would devote itself to peaceful relations with all other countries and would not attempt to export communism through interstate warfare. A bit later. Don't worry, it's a short quote. Thus, fortuitously, from a mixture of theoretical and practical grounds of their own, the Soviets arrived early at what libertarians consider to be the only proper and principal foreign policy. The Soviets arrived to what libertarians consider to be the only proper and principal foreign policy. And then later, Stalin and his successors strengthened <laughs> and reinforced the non-aggressive, peaceful, coexistent policy. Here, if you don't believe me, it's here, page 355. So the Soviets attacking Poland, well, this didn't happen, or if it happened, it was uh, Poland's mistake. Stalin attacking Latvia and Lithuania and Finland, uh, probably he was provoked. Stalin after the, war, the Second World War, occupying half of Europe, well, probably it was because of the United States, because here says that Stalin and his successors, and his successors, so when Khrushchev attacked Hungary, and when Brezhnev rolled the tanks in Czechoslovakia, they strengthen and reinforce the non-aggressive, peaceful, coexistent policy. Yeah, you know, it's okay. amazing. And and in today, I mean, you know, I, I consider these these type, these libertarians and these anarchists to be part of the new right. You know, uh, some would say they are sort of the base in of, of to a large degree of the new right. And they are kind of uh, in the business of uh, calling everyone a communist, right? Any Demo anyone in the Democrat Party is a communist, right? Any anyone who's not uh, part of anyone who's not one of them is allegedly uh, an apologist for the Soviet Union. And at, at times, Democrats or le left leaning people are uncomfortably close to to uh, socialism and and apologists for communism. But anarchists like um, characteristically have apologized for the Soviet Union and for the Viet Cong, as uh, James Valiant points out in the chat. Um, like, you know, there's so much rage at like the history of the left, uh, the American left or the Western left being apologetic for communism. Where's the outrage at libertarians being and, and anarchists being pro-Soviet Union and pro-Viet Cong and, and completely apologizing for all of those atrocities? So um, that, that I find that very curious. So to, to give some context to our friends on what uh, James very rightly said, when the, the North Vietnam and the Viet Congs entered Saigon, Rothbard was celebrating that this was the defeat of a corrupt state, which was South Vietnam. So he was cheering, uh, the, he was cheering the rebels. Oh, it wasn't that he was uh, cheering against America. It was the South oh, Vietnamese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was. It was, he was also. Yeah, he was cheering also against the South Vietnamese. Also, according to him, were were the worst ones. Yeah. amazing. They were the worst ones. Now, Ayn Rand called libertarians the hippies of the right, and again, you could say this is uh, harsh, and yet it isn't harsh. And here's why: What does the where does this seat posting comes from? It comes from. As you said, the, this attitude of the new right, which is that nothing in a way is sacred. And of course, McCain shouldn't be sacred, but the idea is that there should be no respect for anything. And by being uh, edgy and by being uh, transgressive for its own sake, 
then we are basically radicals. I would think that this is exactly the 1960s spirit, which says we're going to provoke, we're going to be the bad kids, but you end up looking like a spoiled 15 year old and you're without any politics. So in a way we see the new right coping the playbook of the new left with the transgression and with all that stuff. And this is why you also see the Libertarian Party being all in in the culture wars. And what does this mean? You see them jumping in the bandwagon of anti-vaxxers. We see, for example, the Libertarian Party of Georgia, and this is retweeted by the official Libertarian Party account, saying about Fauci that he's about to receive a huge salary for his performance pushing certain pharmaceutical products over the last 2.5 years. So you get the point, right? It's big pharma that's behind what we've seen in the last 2.5 last years. And the Libertarian Party of Kentucky calls Fauci a mass murderer. Mass murderer. And it gets a retweet by the official account. And if you go to the Mises Caucus uh, Twitter account, there you see even more anti-vax tweets. So again, this is the moral relativism. This is the idea that, you know, we don't need reason. We just need the uh, liberty. And uh, we hate the regime so much that whatever comes from this regime, we are against it. And by the way, this is tribalism. I hate someone a lot. So whatever they are for, I am against. The regime is pushing the vaccines. Therefore, I'm against the vaccines. And one last point, Raga, before I throw the ball back to you. This also sooner rather than later, also leads to anti-capitalist messages. So this is the war of the new right against, quote, big business. So this is what Dave Smith tweeted some days ago. I'm against student loan forgiveness, blah, 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 blah. But, continue quote, every damn billionaire in this country is on welfare. The last two plus years have seen the largest corporate giveaways in human history, and it doesn't seem to generate as much outrage. So again, big business is getting, uh, how did this happen? How was this a transfer of money to big business? So big business is with the regime. Therefore, we are anti-big business. Again, libertarians, you sound a lot like my 16-year-old leftist uh, self, and it's, uh, it's, quite, it's quite pathetic. So they, they, the axis is, your politics are wrong and they're pathetic. Two, your politics are distasteful, horrible, uh, and again, dog whistling to anti-Semites, unless there's a joke there that I missed. I mean, yeah, dog whistling is uh, would be a step in the uh, you know good direction compared to what they're doing. Um, yeah, so uh, blaming corporations and blaming banks is it's it's characteristic of uh of a lot of these people like it's like so ever since i read atlas shrugged it's like just been so clear to me and this was in my teen years i read atlas shrugged and it's clear yes corporations and cronies they are major offenders in this lobby system that we have but the way out of this is to dismantle the lobby system and to have capitalism to have the government do only its proper job, which is protecting property rights and, you know, your person. And until then, blaming the, the companies and blaming the banks, it's, I mean, it's uh, it's short-sighted. Sure, plenty of them are guilty of getting welfare and getting uh, subsidies and getting favoritism. 
But again, they did, they did not design the system. A businessman never had the power to craft this lobby system. The voters basically do. The intellectuals and, the, and they influence the culture and the, the culture, the people, they vote themselves into a lobby system because they want favors and they want to help the poor and they want whatever it is they want that is outside the proper purview of government. So it blows my mind that people who have read Ayn Rand, they've read Atlas Shrugged, they've, they, they, some of them have read everything that Rand has ever written and heard everything she said, and many of them have just uh, deep, a deep knowledge of, you know, of, of free market uh, economics and all of that, that even with all of that knowledge, they still just want to sit there and blank, point the finger at companies and point the finger at bankers, right? These New York bankers, wink, wink, um, the six million, all six million of them. They still just can't be pro-capitalism. They can't just say, yeah, this is a mess. And the way out of this is capitalism. And yeah, on the way there, we can cut subsidies and we can point the blame at businessmen who are part of who are willingly part of this BS. But the major the goal here is to get a pro the government do its proper job. But that's apparently a bridge too far for them mentally, as well as uh, just sort of in terms of what they actually want. They don't actually want a government that does its job. They don't actually want a proper government. They want anarchy or they don't know what they want. Um, you know, and about uh, as far as shit posting, by the way, look, I, I like uh, over the top outlandish humor. And this is actually kind of awkward because I just last night, Dave Smith on his podcast, uh, him and his friends were laughing at one of my hits from like 10 years ago. They, were, they thought it was very funny. So it's kind of a kind of a, a funny timing. But um but I mean, there's comedy, you know, there's entertainment. And then there's like, what, what, what are adults actually doing? Like to have a political party post, you know, Holocaust dog whistles and to have a president who you never know when he's being serious or not referring to Trump and to have, uh, you know, this whole political movement, the new right, which is like rife with, um, you know, Holocaust deniers or just various creepy racists who are always falling back on, oh, no, we're just shit posting or we're just, you know, trying to piss off the left. So you can't don't take what we say seriously. We're just being provocative to, to own the libs. Do, do you really do you really want to live in the world where no one knows who's serious and where just everything's a constant shit post where there's no time to just um, to just kind of uh, step off the stage and just take off your makeup and just kind of be a person and just be very clear. Here's what I believe. Here's what you believe. Let's debate. Let's you know, let's have a government with a very clear, you know, doctrine and, and, and we can deal with kind of go through a very rational and calm, sober medium in order to address the problems in the world. They just want to live in complete chaos 24 seven and in every corner of the world. It's absolutely um, mind boggling to me. Should we read some super chats or did you read wanna... super chats? And then we right. say goodbye with the worst of all tweets because I haven't gotten oh, yet no. to the worst. Tweet. Oh no. Okay. Roland with 199 euros says this is to help defeat the libertarians. <laughs> Let me try to read that again. This is to help defeat the libertarians. Like you were thought he was going to say the left, but libertarians. <laughs> Marilyn with $4. Thank you. Kirk with $5 says, but, 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 but the libertarians agree with objectivists on like 90% of political issues. Why can't we just all get along? What are you on the left? I know, right? Um, <laughs> Jonathan with $4.99. Oh, he just couldn't give us $5. Like, can't you be more like Kirk over here? No, I'm kidding. All right. Jonathan says, highly recommend Peter Schwartz's libertarianism, the perversion of liberty on these hedonistic fools. Yeah. 
Um, and you know, and it's someone on could be... uh, it's on the voice of reason for for and uh, if you have also the what's the older version, the objectivist activist or something. So it has the full version, the intellectual activist. If you want the short invention, it's uh, on the voice in the voice of reason. If you're interested in why objectivism is not libertarianism and why object why anarchists are not fellow travelers of objectivists, the the resources are out there. But you need to be interested. You need to be selfish. You need to want to know. You can't, you know, no, you can't. We we can't uh, convince you to care. Uh, James Valiant with ten dollars says, "Go Nikos." Uh, Thank and you. then Ian with five dollars says, "The HBA show, The Anarchists, is an excellent illustration of what is wrong with these kinds of people." Uh, have you heard of this? Is this a uh, is this fiction or is this a documentary? Uh, I've heard about it, but I don't remember how or when. Also, I'm not a subscriber to HBO, but. Uh... And I think it also has a mention in nine runs. Oh, I remember I saw it in the Slack channel of ARI where any mention on nine run is uh, kind of brought up. So I think that's where I saw it, but I haven't watched it. So I have no opinion. Mm -hmm. So Francis has become a member. Welcome. And thank you, Francis, for your support. Um, and that those are all the super chats. All right. Okay. Last, last yeah. tweet. Let's hear it. So this is a, a random uh, person, but it was retweeted by the Libertarian Party, Mises Kakus. So the person asks, to be clear, you think the Taliban are less tyrannical and less evil than the United States? So we have Taliban in the United States. Let's see who is worse. And the uh, reply by our Libertarian, quote, the Taliban are inserting the planet with hundreds of military bases using their military and economic might to bully the world into obedience, working to destroy any nation which disobeys them and killing people by the millions in wars of aggression. Only the US empire is. So again, in the broken moral combats of the libertarians, it means the Taliban are less evil than the United States. So again, notice this is not a criticism of a bad foreign policy in where we are the first to shout from the rooftops that this is a bad foreign policy for different reasons than the libertarians have. This is saying that, oh, I have, I'm so clueless on issues of morality that I cannot even recognize the evil of the Taliban compared to the evil of the United States or whatever. Yeah, you know, if you look up uh, objectivist lectures and books from the 2000s, you see a lot on foreign policy for obvious reasons, because it was the, the decade of 9-11 and of America's Iraq war. Um, and sadly, the world did not hear the message. The world is basically the, the, the anti-war movement sort of won the public discourse. And now you have Republicans and Democrats alike, um, and the Republicans are more vocal about it, just just dropping all context. So anytime the military bombs anything, it's the same as Hitler rounding up people on ethnic criteria and 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 gassing them to death. So like just dropping context completely. But if these people actually thought the U.S. government is worse than the Taliban, why would they opt to live under the U.S. government? Right. Wouldn't they want to get as far away? So the first uh, question to ask in any war is what is each side fighting for? And I know they'll say, oh, the U.S. is fighting for oil. OK, but what, what's the way of life that America is fighting to preserve uh, to the extent that they are uh, versus what is the way of life that the Taliban are imposing on their subjects? So that I think is the first question. And then it becomes a lot clearer to see 
to, to assess any conflict, Israel versus Hamas. Who, no, no, none of these anarchists would want to live under Hamas. All of them would opt to live under Israeli rule. So they know, they know their, their, their feet are voting, their, 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 their actions are showing which they consider to be more or less evil. Um, so, yeah, it's absolutely childish, but unfortunately it's prevalent and it's not going to, again, people, they need to be hungry for the truth in order to correct this error. Uh, for now, most people are going to continue seeing um, you know, Hitler and Barack Obama as the same because both have, you know, both are responsible for deaths. Um, I will say this, uh, the, the light at the end of the tunnel always is as bad as things are. Um, the positive, <laughs> it could get worse. That's, that's a pretty optimistic, that's a positive way to look at it. But even more positive is the way out of this is, uh, you know, with positivity, with positive values, you know, people being inspired by beautiful art, people being selfish in their career aspirations and their romantic, um, you know, hopes and people wanting a good life for themselves. When that's in vogue, people, they're not going to be inspired to be gross anarchists. They're not going to be inspired by the woke left. They're not going to be inspired by any sort of tribalism, any any movement that tells you that your personal values are not what's important. So when people are hungry for a good life, um, the 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 list, the movements or the philosophies that are offering them the tools to attain that is shrinking by the day. And uh, I think uh, we do see uh a much higher number of people today interested in Ayn Rand than ever before. And it's growing and it's going to continue growing. And, you know, intellectuals like yourself are being trained to teach more. And, um, you know, I, and, and history shows a small handful of people could um, make a huge difference. You know, look at the United States, look at the small handful of people who changed the world forever. Um, so, you know, it's uh, let's focus on the positive and don't give the evil people, a second more consider more thought than it takes to defeat them. As I, as I'm paraphrasing Ayn Rand, I think. All right. On that Oscar winning that, So <laughs> maybe we should, uh, we should say yeah. goodbye. Let me read the announcements. We've got uh, coming up today at 10 PM UK time. It's the cutting edge with Lee Pearson and special guest Robin Mockett on is anti-aging research coming of age. That would be nice. I'm uh, I'm 35. I'm I'm ready for some anti to reverse my aging. What do you say? You you want to age I a little say bit let's more? Go for it. You seem to be let's, aging backwards. Let's live till let's live till 300 at least, and let's read say how many episodes would that be? Anyway, I'm not good in maths, but we'll figure it out. All right. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. We'll be back here tomorrow for the daily objective. Thank you, Nikos, and thank goodbye. you. Roger.